Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge, Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Hey, did you know Bluff Country is located in Mondovi? And it's your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier. Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. It's Wednesday morning here on Wax 104.5. Jill is Jill Welke is here with you. Bob is down to World Dairy Expo. He's getting all kinds of audio sent back for me. So, and it's really exciting. We the grand champion from the Guernsey show comes from Wisconsin. She's a three-peat, and she comes from a Valley Gem Farms out of Cumberland. So that's kind of interesting. And Bob grabs some audio, and we'll be hearing from them later. We've got a lot of chores to do. We're going to talk about the families of two Shawano County brothers that were murdered in 2019, which has been in the news quite a bit here and there because of what um, the pleadings and the charges and Everything kind of has come to a head. Crops, small grain crops. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We've talked about soybean and corn a lot. We'll talk a little bit about small grains. And U.S. dairy product product consumption is up. And I think that's exciting. And we'll talk a little bit about that from our news. We're going to be hearing from Pam Yankee down. She talked to World Dairy Expo coordinator, director, Laura Hirschleb, and they talked about the new stuff that goes on down there and the new uh, schedule that's happening because it ends on Friday instead of Saturday as it has in the past. And Bob is down there collecting all, I'm sure he's rubbing shoulders with um, all of his old friends and uh, collecting a bunch of audio and sending back for me. And that's pretty neat too. We'll be going through the markets. We've got a lot of chores to do. And on a sad note, Loretta Lynn passed away yesterday at the age of 90. Um, and I was looking through my songs to try to find one that I could play. And and I don't have access to anything from Loretta Lynn, but um, they're, in my pra- they're in my prayers, the family is. And 
She's been around for 90 years, and boy, there was a lot of songs she put out. Cole Miner's Daughter was the first one that comes to my mind. And, you know, a great one, another great one is Lost. So we'll start working on our chores and get through some music, and we're going to, we got a lot of stuff to do because, like I said, Bob sent me a bunch of audio, and we'll get that all checked out. So. That's what we've got for this Wednesday morning. We better get started with some chores and music, and let's just uh, enjoy our morning, because, boy, was it a nice morning out there. The stars were out at my house, and uh, animal count. You know, I know Kristen likes to do her animal count. I had one cat, one raccoon, and two deer, but I also don't drive through the Clark County Forest, so... It's, uh, I like to think that maybe they're sleeping at the time that I go through. So, but that's what we're going to get started with this morning. And I guess let's get going. It's just a few seconds short of five o'clock, but we're going to let, take a little look at our weather today. Our, we're supposed to get up to 70 degrees mild with scattered rain showers possible. Tonight, a low of 50 or high of 52. Tomorrow, 54. So we're not going to gain much from tonight to tomorrow. And windy. Tomorrow night, it's 33. Friday, 48 and cool. Saturday, 59 and sunny. Sunday, 63, partial sun. Monday, 61. Tuesday, 65. So we're only going to have a little, little bit of a blurp of coolness. We've got to remember, we are in October, October 5th, or, and... I'm thinking we're doing pretty well with the temperatures that we've gotten so far. It's 5 o'clock. It is, it's time to look at some national news. And my national news doesn't seem to want to come up, so we're going to hit another button. So let's move on, and we'll hear some music. NBC News Radio, I'm Trey Thomas. The White House says President Biden does intend to run again in 2024, following Reverend Al Sharpton's comments on Monday. Sharpton said Biden told him last month he will seek re-election, while the two posed for a photograph in the Roosevelt Room at the White House. White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre reiterated things Tuesday. Former President Trump wants the U.S. Supreme Court to get involved in the case involving documents seized from his Florida home. Brian Shuck reports. An appeals court ruled the Department of Justice could resume its review of the documents taken from Mar-a-Lago. However, Trump wants that to be halted by the nation's highest court. After a lot of back and forth this year, Elon Musk is planning to go through with a deal to buy Twitter. Lisa Taylor has more. The Tesla CEO agreed to buy Twitter earlier this year for $44 billion, but changed course and tried to back out of the deal. Now, Twitter says its intention is to close the deal at $54.20 per share. Twitter sued Musk to force him to go through with the purchase, and the two sides were set to go to court on the 17th. The U.S. and South Korea are test-firing missiles of their own in response to North Korea's launch earlier this week. American and South Korean troops staged the drill and fired several missiles over the east coast of the Korean peninsula. 
This comes as the State Department condemned North Korea's ballistic missile launch, calling it unlawful and destabilizing to the international community. Before landing in the Pacific Ocean, North Korea's missile flew over Japan, where officials told citizens to seek shelter in what was reportedly the first such alert in five years. You're listening to NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Here's some temperatures from around the area. Eau Claire, we're sitting at 50. Medford, 47 and clear. Rice Lake, 53. Wausau, 46 and clear. Green Bay, 47 and clear. Marshfield, 48. Mostly clear. La Crosse, 52. Madison, 44 and clear. And Milwaukee, 49 and mostly clear. I call that pretty balmy weather for the first part of October. We need to hear from a Brad Matson and our ProVision Partners update. And that's what we're going to run right now. It's Wednesday morning and it's time for our ProVision Partners update. I have Brad Matson, lead agronomist at ProVision Partners. Hey, we're in October. We're looking at harvest. What are you seeing out there? On the western side, we're pretty much winding down on the corn silage and just getting started on the soybeans. In our northeastern regions, uh, corn silage is kind of right in the middle of it and underway and, and starting a few and see a few soybean yields coming off. The killing frost we had last week was kind of a, a blessing in disguise for the soybeans. It's getting rid of some of those escape weeds and getting them dried down and you know killing some of those uh, stems that uh, uh, speed up the soybean harvest. Most of the beans were ready for the frost, so not going to be a concern. Corn, on the other hand, some of that corn wasn't quite ready for this frost. And depending on how hard the frost you had, it could lead to some test issues and some little bit of yield reduction. But overall, it should be pretty good. So, yeah, we're, we're in the start of the harvest 2022. Diving deeper into those harvests, what kind of yields are you expecting? On the soybeans, what we've seen so far have been all over the road, depending on what what they had from rainfalls, the, the places that had uh, uh, adequate rainfalls or at least timely rainfalls in August were seeing some exceptional soybean yields. Some of the areas that were a little lighter soil textures and uh, and a little short on rainfall has, has been a lot less as far as uh, the yield, less than what we would expect. But uh, So it's really hard to get a good feel of where our average is, but it, you know, it's all over the board so far that we're seeing silage yields have been Pretty good for the most part, a lot of 25 up into the 30-ton range, you know, a little bit less than what we saw last year, but uh, still very good, respectable yields. So people are having a little bit extra corn left over after they chop, which is always a good thing. And as the farmer gets into those combines, what should they be looking for when they're planning for the next year? So it's kind of like school. You know, we're getting to the harvest. Now it's time for the report card. When we harvest, that's kind of telling us everything that we looked for, that we did this year in the planning and the seed selection and the fertility and weed control. All of those things come together, and your final grade is that yield. So it's a great time while you're in the combine if you don't have a yield monitor, but looking, making notes on it's asking the question why a lot of times and, and talking to your agronomist and, and asking him why. Why does this part of the field seem to be running better than this one? Or why is uh, the headlands underperforming? And, you know, why is uh, 
did this variety do so much better than this one? And why am I seeing this disease here and not over here? That will help you make better decisions as we're moving into planting 2023, which is already kind of bouncing upon it. And that's going to help find out some of those problems, some of those bottlenecks. Maybe it's a tillage thing that we need to be doing. Maybe it's a different looking at the variety selection a little differently for your management, those types of things. So uh, it's a great time to assess how it worked this year and start asking questions of your agronomist as you're starting to go through the planning process for next year on and making those tweaks. And that's how you're going to slowly ratchet up those yields into that higher category for next year. So really harvest is a whole lot more than just jumping in that combine and going. You really do need to pay attention. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's 256 variables in the growing a crop, and you can't just look at the one thing. Everybody kind of looks at public papers and or the newsprint, all those types of things. We're looking at new silver bullets, this biological or, or this variety of seed or this or that, and it's never one thing. You know, it's kind of like, again, if you want to use a school analogy, it's a summation of everything. It's everything you put into it, and putting all the pieces together is what gives you the difference between exceptional yields and average yields. And and that was Brad Matson from ProVision Partners with our ProVision Partners update. We need to get running. We've got to get through some markets. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And our markets are brought to us by Rural Mutual Insurance. We're going to start out with our cash livestock. Choice-fed beef steers are 142 to 163 with mixed at 115 to 140. Choice-fed beef heifers are 143 to 159 with mixed at 111 to 142. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 127 to 134 with select and silage-fed 72 to 126. Cows are 65 to 105 with bulls at 72 to 95. Butcher hogs are 75 to 89. Sows are 53 to 58 with boars at 22 to 25. Shorn market lambs are a dollar to a dollar fifteen. Unshorn market lambs are ninety-five to one hundred five, and feeder set lambs are fifty cents to two dollars. And taking a look at our futures markets, the live cattle for October one forty-four twenty down twelve and a half for December one forty-seven fifty down fifty-two and a half for February one fifty. 51 and a quarter down 30 cents. And our feeder cattle for October 174.65 down 87.50. For November 175.20 down 85 cents. For January 176.07 down 95 cents. And our lean hog carcasses for October we're sitting at 87 and that's down 177.50. For December 74. 42 and a half down three, $3.30. For February, 77, 27 and a half down 2.82. And our Chicago Board of Trade for corn, December, we're sitting at 6.81 down one and a half cents, and that market is trending downward. Oats for December, 401 down two cents, and that one's trending down. Soybeans for November is thirteen seventy six down seven and a half cents. Soybean meal for December is four hundred dollars a ton down eight cents. Wheat for December is nine dollars and eighty six cents down two and a half cents. And our dairy markets barrels are two twenty two and three quarters up one and three quarters. 
40-pound blocks are sitting at $2, no change from yesterday. And our grade AA butter is at three twenty-one, up three and a quarter cents. Our class three milk for October is twenty-two twenty-six, up six cents. November is up forty-two cents to twenty-one eighty. December twenty-one twenty-three, up twenty-six cents. January we're up three cents to twenty-one or to twenty-seven sixty-seven. And February we're at twenty fifty-five. We're up three cents, and those are mixed trends. They're going up into the first part of the year, and then they're heading down as we get farther into the year. We got to get some more chores done, and then we've got, we'll try to get some mar- some news. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're going to give you just a little blurb of news, and that's sponsored by Chili Implement today. U.S. dairy product consumption is up. Those are welcome words for dairy producers to hear. The USDA's annual report on per capita U.S. dairy consumption was released last Friday, and the data told the story of a rise in domestic dairy product demand. From 655 pounds in 2020 to 667 pounds in 2021 per person, passing dairy products popularity of 1960. The interesting part of this story is the type of dairy products that are consumed. Smaller amounts of fluid milk, but more cheese than in the past. American-style cheese to be specific, with butter consumption growing to levels used in the 1950s. So butter those cheese sandwiches and enjoy. We're going to do a few more chores, and then we're going to be hearing from Pam and her uh, talk with Laura Hirschleb, World Dairy Expo Director and Coordinator. And our news today was sponsored by Chili Implement. It's Wednesday, but World Dairy Expo with its new schedule well underway. The 2022 version of World Dairy Expo. And, uh, Pam, I know a lot's already happened. A lot more is going to happen before Friday. Oh, yeah, Bob. We're looking forward to big crowds at World Dairy Expo. I've been out there for the past couple of days, and there's a lot of folks trying to get adjusted to this new schedule, the trade show running through Friday at 5 p.m. We had cattle in the ring since Sunday, so a little bit of a flex there. Plus, the other big issue is all digital admission this year. You can still buy tickets when you pull in, but for the lion's share of the audience, those digital tickets are something that they're working around. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. I talked about those very issues with Laura Hirschlib. Now, Laura is the brand-new general manager of World Dairy Expo, but she has plenty of experience with that show. We'll talk more about some of the changes that are happening for the 2022 event, but first we start off learning a little bit more about Laura herself. You bet. Well, I'm so incredibly honored to be the next general manager. I grew up on a small dairy farm in Germantown in Washington County, so really proud to have been actively involved in our family farm. Went to UW-Madison for college and graduated with a degree in dairy science and ag journalism. And during that time, I worked for Badger Dairy Club. So I got to have that first taste and the -the behind-the-scenes look of World Dairy Expo. Since my then and throughout my career, I've worked within the dairy industry and agriculture for different companies that have been involved with World Dairy Expo as a commercial exhibitor. Then I had the great honor of being the dairy cattle show manager for five years and coming back to do some freelance work. And then the opportunity came upon the, you know, for the general manager position. And as I said, I'm I'm very grateful for the opportunity that's ahead. Well, and we're now uh, two years off of the pandemic. We can feel the momentum already kind of regaining. Uh, Tell me a little bit about what it's been like building up to the show. 
I mean, it's electric. It's so exciting. Like it, it to have to be able to have World Dairy Expo right here in America's Dairyland in Madison, Wisconsin is so special. And then to see all the exhibitors, of course, converging on the show and then the attendees. I mean, it's this is what it's all about. I think this is really what drives our team to, you know, commit so much energy and passion to making World Dairy Expo possible. I think the same definitely goes for our exhibitors and our stakeholders, our leaders and volunteers. So um, it's you know, there's an energy that comes to Madison. I like to assimilate it to a game day, you know, for the dairy industry. Exactly. I'd say it's our world. It's our Super Bowl World Dairy Expo as far as farm broadcasting is concerned. Let's talk just a little bit then about the numbers. I mentioned two years off the pandemic. We had a show last year, but we were missing some of our international friends. What's the tone on that attendance this year? You know, if, well, all we're hearing is very eager to attend, eager to be back, you know, have that more familiarity. Have that familiarity and that, you know, um, uh, time spent building connections, reuniting with friends, family. I mean, we always know and think of World Dare Expo as a reunion. And so having more of our international folks coming back is will be so great to see. Our numbers have been good. Our international registrations have been very robust and busy. Um, so we just we want to get everybody back here on ground. And, you know, we are um, hopeful that COVID is behind us, right? Those travel restrictions are out of the way and we can um, enjoy each other's company. Well, and that not only impacts uh, the folks that just want to see the cows, that also impacted the exhibitor business too. Remember folks, this is World Dairy Expo, meaning there's a strong international contingency of exhibitors. How is that looking? Good, really good. I mean, I think that's what not only our registered international guest numbers are coming back, you know, kind of into that normal range, but also those international companies, as well as our exhibitors, you know, some of our cattle exhibitors from Canada, you know, they maybe weren't quite sure how it was going to work to get back into Canada after they were down here. So we're seeing a lot more of those folks back. And then globally, it's really those um, potential customers for whether it's the cattle genetics or it's the products that are being showcased in the trade show. A lot of those folks are back. And that's really that commerce piece is such an important part of World Dairy Expo as a whole. Now, one new element that people need to pay attention to is the all-digital access pass. Uh, If you've gone to a Packer game, any sporting event, if you boarded a plane, chances are you know what we're talking about. Explain why the board decided to move to that type of platform and why people need to download that app early, Laura. Right, exactly. That's a great question. So, you know, one of the important things, just like everything that we're doing, we're continuing to modernize as a show. So we want to make sure that we are serving our attendees and our exhibitors the best we can. So if we can learn more about when people are coming, what they're looking to see, how many times they're interacting at the gate, those are that's all information that's really going to help us to plan for the future of World Dairy Expo. So that's going to be one of the benefits, in addition to the efficiencies that we believe we'll gain. We know this year there will be some growing pains. We encourage folks to, you know, check out that app. If you, you know, download it onto your phone or into your Apple wallet or onto your device, or if you need to, you can print it too. You need the QR code. You can use that at the gate. So that's going to be the key thing um, is really just to um, have that available, have it with you. You can still purchase tickets at the gate, but that'll still be online. So our ticket sellers are all really familiar with the pre- process and procedure. So um, we're, we know it's, we're, you know, it's going to take a little time, going to be a little change, but we appreciate everybody's understanding. And I mean, as always, go pack, go, right? right. So. Think that way. Think that way. Download the app and be ready to use it. The app's got a lot of great information aside from just your admission ticket. Now, let's talk about the cattle. 
I love to come out early to the show and just watch people, all the work behind the scenes that goes into bringing these bovine beauties, getting them in place. Now, what are we thinking on cattle number, Laura? We are anticipating a robust and very competitive cattle show. You know, of course, with our cattle show, we are welcoming the world's greatest and North America's finest dairy cattle from the United States and Canada. Mm -hmm. So, so far, numbers have been plentiful. Our exhibitors are eager to be back again. Like I mentioned earlier, it's that reunion and it's just it's really great to feel that amongst the exhibitors out in the barn. I mean, we've been busy all the way since last Wednesday, had cattle exhibitors bedding down, you know, getting their cattle in, getting them situated and all ready for the shows this week. So um, there, you know, it's it's really cool to see um, everything on display uh, and coming together. Now, I don't want to give too much away, but the theme this year for the 55th show, and again, we're talking with Laura Hirschlip, our general manager of World Dairy Expo, is Essential Elements. So can you give me just a little bit of a visual on what the center ring is going to look like? Everybody likes to cast an eye there. Well, I mean, you know that's one of our most beloved and, you know, closely held secrets. So I can't give too much away. But when you think of it, essential elements, and if you've seen some of our graphics in our poster, think periodic table. And really what we're assimilating with that is, there are so many elements that are part of the dairy industry and part of World Dairy Expo, and they are all essential. And we look to all those parts to make our event what it is. All right. That's enough of a tease for that. The rest you'll have to see on your own. Now, Laura, let's talk just a little bit more. We talk about um, the cattle, the exhibitors. There's also the element of the outside, the consuming public. Madison's got a lot of folks that don't know the business end of a dairy animal. You welcome them as well. No doubt about it. I mean, what a great opportunity to learn firsthand about the dairy industry, to speak directly with agribusinesses or dairy producers who are living it, who are breathing it, who can answer all your questions. And if there's something you're not sure about or a misconception, I mean, this is a great place to come and learn and get those things answered and addressed and better understand all the components that are the dairy industry, the global dairy industry. You know, the thing that I'm really noticing at the 55th annual show is technology. You know, we think that that admission pass is technology. That, com- that pales in comparison to the dairy industry today and its technology. Yes, it is incredible. And that's what's so great about our trade show. You know, and, and what makes World Dairy Expo so special is that not only do we have the cattle show, we have the trade show, we have the education and youth contests and then the networking, all of that coming together in one spot, you know, for the heart of, you know, to create the heart of the event. And that's a little update from... Pam down at World Dairy Expo, and that's where Bob is. We'll be hearing more from him a little bit later. And that was Laura Hirschleb. She is the director of World Dairy Expo. And we need to get a few more chores done, and then we're going to be hearing from Rocky and Premier Livestock. We're going to squelch that weather thing for a little bit because I've got Rocky on the line and ready to roll with the markets from Premier. So, Rocky... Busy day yesterday over in Premier. A very busy day yesterday. Yes, it was. Well, you know, that weather is just so nice for getting that stuff moved around. Yep. No, it's good good cattle weather lately, so <clears throat> that's for sure. All right. So what did those markets look like? Uh, thank you, Jill. Good morning, everyone. This is how yesterday's special feeder cattle auction shaped up. Uh, we sold 965 head of feeder cattle. We also had our customer appreciation day. Served over 300 dinners, lots of door prizes. Uh, market was steady to strong on the good cattle. Uh, those lesser quality cattle, those on vaccinated 
vaccinated cattle are definitely a little lower. Uh, new crop beef calves mostly from 140 to 230 per pound. Those heavier yearlings from 130 to 180. Holstein steers most weights, most classes from 120 to 152. Bred beef cows, so mostly from 1,000 to 1675. We had some registered Charlet cows uh, bring 2,200 and 3,400. Their spring calves weighing right around four, brought 1,300 and 1,700. We had some beef breeding bulls up to 1950. Uh, today, Wednesday, 9.30 a.m., we have our hay and bedding auction, and then 11 o'clock a.m. have the dairy cattle auction. we got lots of young reputation groups of parlor freestall cows today. Uh, we also got an elite group of Jersey cows. They're all fresh, fancy, registered two-year-olds. They're all tie stall. Also, several top groups of fresh Holstein tie stall cows, including a small tie stall Holstein herd dispersal. Uh, we also have a really sharp red Holstein purebred uh, breeding bull for the sale today. Uh, questions, give us a call at Premier 715-229-2500. All the details on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Uh, also have pictures of some of today's cattle on there as well. Give us a call, 715-229-2500. Uh, don't forget November machinery auction coming up here. It'd be uh, time to start moving that equipment, getting it in the auction for uh, best uh, results on the advertising. So that's the way it's shaped up, Joe. Had a great day. That's awesome. That lot getting filled up with... Uh... It's starting to come, but obviously a lot of corn silage getting chopped right now, so that's uh, number one priority, that's for sure. So. Well, absolutely. Well, you have a great day. Okay, you too. Thank you. And that was Rocky Olson from Premier Livestock. It's time to get through a few more chores, and then we'll be turning it on over to the weather. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's 26 minutes before 6 o'clock. And it's time to hear from Mike Dandria and the weather. Mike, are you in? I sure am, Jill. I'm always ready for weather. You always are. I know. <laughs> it's me that's having trouble with the slides and the buttons today. Hey, I tell you what, it's uh, it's hump day today, so the rest of the week is all downhill from here. And when I say downhill, I mean, you know, it's it's going to get better. I know that when I say that, I, I don't know, I just had a poor choice of words. <laughs> it just is. Although, you know, it's supposed to be cooler, but it, I don't think it's going to last that long. No, I mean, much cooler than average, and then we kind of get back to our average temperatures. But for today, it's another mild day, starting off with just a chance at a few sprinkles yet again, much like we've had the last couple of mornings. Otherwise, mostly cloudy to kick us off, and then going into the afternoon, we'll have some intervals of uh, clouds and maybe just a few peaks of sunshine and some hit-and-miss showers. Temperatures, though, getting around the 70-degree mark yet again. But later tonight, we'll have that cold front starts to start to work its way through. Lows once again dipping to the low 50s, but that's pretty much going to be our high for tomorrow because our temperature is mostly going to drop throughout the day. And we do have a chance at a few showers early on tomorrow with our temperatures dipping to the upper 40s later into the afternoon. And that'll give way to a chance at a little bit of frost going through the overnight tomorrow with our lows dipping to around the freezing point. And Friday, it is going to be much cooler. Highs into the upper 40s and lows. Well, they'll be uh, right in around the low 30s and even into the upper 20s. But then we start to warm up a little bit, getting a little closer to average on Saturday into the upper 50s for our highs. A little bit more sunshine. Sunday, mostly sunny, back into the low 60s, and that'll kick us off for next week. Good bit of sunshine, low 60s, and a little bit warmer on Tuesday. Good bit of sunshine. We're going to be windy, though, with temperatures right around the mid-60s. Right now in Eau Claire, we're looking at mostly cloudy conditions and a temperature of 49 degrees. 
Well, my take on it is you've got to remember we're October 5th. And we're enjoying some awfully nice weather. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when you have temperatures into the 70s and October 5th, I mean, you, you can't really complain about it. And we have all the colors for from some of those cooler temperatures we had uh, last week. So, yeah, I don't think there's uh, I don't think there's too much to complain about today. No, and I like I like this is still sh- short sleeve weather for me. Absolutely. Well, you know what? We do have winter coming around, so we'll be breaking out the flannel before you know it. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> yep. Well, Jill, you have yourself a great day. You too. And that was Mike Dandria from TV13, and our weather today is sponsored by... Our weather, brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. For those who work in Acres... Not in hours. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And our Morgan McCarthy is in her newsroom. We've got some news ready. Our local news sponsored by Christensen Sales. Good morning, Morgan. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We have an update from the courts and 715 Newsroom coverage with John DeMaster tells us more about a suspect in last weekend's kidnapping of a 15-year-old in Chippewa County. It's a million dollars bond, right, John? A judge yesterday ordered 22-year-old Trevor Blackburn held in the Chippewa County Jail. Prosecutors haven't filed formal charges. The sheriff's office expecting kidnapping and sexual assault charges in the case. Deputies say Blackburn drove from Tennessee to Holcomb to snatch her after she stopped talking to him online. I'm John DeMaster. In other headlines, a nurse at a jail in Sparta is out of a job and facing charges that she had sex with an inmate. Prosecutors filed charges this week against 52-year-old Teresa Fenico as they say she had sexual contact with an inmate at a jail at least four times while she examined the man in Monroe County. She's also accused of giving him prescription medication without proper prescription. The inmate says nothing happened. Fenico says any sexual contact was non-consensual. On the political stage, after Republican lawmakers gaveled in and out of a special session on Tuesday, Tuesday, Governor Tony Evers held a campaign rally on the Capitol steps. Sounded like this. I expected them to, to understand that half the population in the state of Wisconsin is, is, is depending on them to actually have a discussion about something that they believe is, the women of Wisconsin believe is really important. Apparently they don't care what half the people of Wisconsin believe. That's a mistake on their part. Evers wanted lawmakers to consider a resolution to allow for direct referendum. He said that would give voters a chance to overturn the state's 1849 abortion ban. Evers, who faces Republican business executive Tim Michaels in November, has made abortion rights a key component of his campaign. And an update from the courts yesterday, day three in the trial for the accused Waukesha Christmas Parade killer set for today after, well, an interesting second day. Continued to echo some of the behavior of the first to Daryl Brooks Jr. representing himself and the judge ordering him move to a separate courtroom to participate by video following multiple outbursts less than 10 minutes into it. I'm advising you to stop asking those questions. It will be considered an interrupt. He's interrupted. Take him to the next courtroom. I'll make more findings when he is in the courtroom uh, next door. Brooks is accused of killing six people and injuring more than 60 after driving a vehicle into a parade procession in November of 2021. Well, Dunn County voters will see a ballot question on health care next month as we take a closer look with the finger on the pulse of the advisory referendum. It'll ask voters if they think federal government should create a new national health insurance program. Now, the question carries no weight. No laws would change or anything based on the vote. Supporters say instead the idea is to let national leaders know what voters in the Chippewa Valley think, though we'll show you different sides so you can decide on the other side. Critics say it's a political ploy to get more people to vote. 
And we lost our coal miner's daughter at 90 years old. Country music superstar Loretta Lynn has passed away. Loretta Lynn was born in 1932 in Butcher Hollow, Kentucky. One of eight children with a hard scrabble upbringing that later fueled her music. I write about my life. I mean, every song I've written. And of course, she was a trailblazer in her country music. Loretta Lynn! Lynn was the first woman to win the Country Music Association's Entertainer of the Year. And her Grammys were joined by the Presidential Medal of Freedom. One of country music's most enduring icons who never forgot her humble roots. And we send you back to the barn with Joe Welke and the Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. And we're going to hear from Bob. We have some happy Guernsey breeders from around the Cumberland area here at World Dairy Expo. Brandon and Kimberly Grew. Kimberly, why are you so happy? You're so happy you're crying. <laughs> well, our Cal Valley Jim Atlas Malt just won grand champion at World Area Expo for the third time. And uh, she's done pretty well in other shows, too. Yes, um, she's been two-time supreme champion at Nail down in Louisville, Kentucky, and three-time grand down there as well. Tell us about the history of this cow, because you and Brandon have different backgrounds, Cumberland, Missouri. Tell us about how you got together and how this works. Um, so, um, we met, the reason why Brandon and I are together is because of Mald Stan Malibu. Um, I had this uh, cow that he wanted to purchase and, um, the joke is instead of buying the cow, he bought me a ring and now he owned Malibu and we're very fortunate to get malt out of the ordeal and to be able to breed her together with our families combined. And, and this is a family affair, isn't it? Yes, um, Malt is bred and owned. She will always be bred and owned. And um, both sides of the family are involved. You have Valley Jim on one side. You have My Will, um, my family on the other side. Um, it's literally just one huge family that contributed to this. When you started off, when he gave you that ring, did you even think it would end up with, with so much success with these uh, these Guernsey cows? Um, those are our goals. That's one of the reasons why Brandon and I got together is because we had the same goals. We wanted to win grand champion at World Dairy Expo. And um, and it's just so overwhelming to do it three times now um, with the same cow, but do it at such a young age for us. Brandon, as you uh, looked at the competition this year, did you think you had the champion again? I know you knew you had a good shot at it. Uh, we just try our best and hope for the best. What did the judge say lots, again? There's lots of good cows out there. There always is at World Dairy Expo. What did the judge say specifically to make her the champion again? What does he really like about her? Uh, just her dairy strength and her udder and everything combined. So what, uh, what's what been her job on the farm? Have you been flushing her or what's been going on? Yep, we've been IVFing her to make more more calves. And how do the calves look that, uh, that you flushed? They're really nice. So you got future champions in the herd at home. Hope so. So, uh, <laughs> what's your best? <laughs> what was your best move? Buying the ring or buying the cow? Both. <laughs> Boy, this guy ought to run for office. What a politician! Congratulations for the third time in a row. Brandon and Kimberly group from the Cumberland area, grand champion Guernsey here at World Dairy Expo in Madison. I'm Bob Bosold. Thanks, Bob, for that update. We're going to go through a few more chores, and then we're going to be hearing from Jim Lindsay. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's quarter to six, 50 degrees out there, and it's time to hear from Jim Lindsay and Equity Altoona. 
Choice beef steers and heifers dollar twenty to a dollar forty five. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers dollar twenty to a dollar forty four. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers a dollar thirty one to a dollar forty. We did have a top of a dollar forty four and a half. Choice Holstein steers a dollar eighteen to a dollar thirty. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers a dollar seventeen and down. Top twenty percent of the cull cows sold from seventy four to ninety three. We had a top of ninety four. Sixty percent of the cull cows sold from fifty two to seventy three. The bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from fifty one and down. Organic market from Tuesday eighty percent of the organic cows sold from 75 to 90. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from 74 and down. Cow bulls sold from 85 to $1.05. We had a top of $1.08. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 40 to $120 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $40 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $260 per head. Our next special feeder sale is this Friday, October 7th, at starting at noon. We'll be featuring bred beef cows in this sale as well as celebrating our 100th anniversary. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's that time of morning again. I've got Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford on the line. So, Jerry. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. Good morning, and you're busy this morning. And, of course, we were talking off air about, about the loss of Loretta Lynn. What, a, what an icon in country music. So, certainly, uh, um, she, set the, she set the bar pretty high for, uh, for just about all the female singers. So Absolutely. Uh, but she had a nice uh, long, long go, 90 years. And a lot of great music over the years. And I did have the opportunity one time to remember exactly where it was or how long ago it was. Did have to listen to her one time and uh, uh, at a, well, she gave a show, you know, what a fantastic performance. I'll never forget it. Oh. Yep, she touched a lot of people. Yep. Well, we better get doing the market report here or uh, you're going to run out of time. So I'll do that, Jill. I thank you. And a very good morning to everyone. A summary from uh, yesterday, Tuesday here at Equity. Stratford, and uh, we'll start out with the organic market yesterday. We see organic market cattle every two here in Stratford on the good quality, higher yielding organic cows on yesterday's sale, and they were selling from eighty-seven to a dollar a pound. Uh, lesser yielding uh, organic cows yesterday from eighty-five and below. On the conventional type market cows on yesterday's auction, high yielding fleshy Holstein cows uh, selling from seventy-two to eighty-five. Most of the cows so far this week have been selling from fifty-two to seventy-two. Thinner cows below the $50 money. On the bull trade so far, better quality bulls, mostly from 92 to 105, lighter bulls, 85 and below. On the calf market, good quality Holstein bull calves, 75 to 155. Uh, fancy bull calves on Monday up to 175. Heifer calves, uh, limited demand this week, 30 and below. Beef calves, good demand on those, 150 to 300. And we did top so far this week on the beef calves at 370. Today, Wednesday, we'll get underway this morning around 10 o'clock here. Full marketing day here on uh, Equity Stratford on Wednesday. We saw market cows. Uh, most of our fed cattle will be sold today, so we'll have an update on those tomorrow. Also this morning, sheep, hog, and goats. And at noon, we will get underway with the special bread beef cow sale here today at Stratford. And, uh, of course, with the uh, feeder cattle. So we got a good run of feeder cattle and a nice selection of bread beef cows. And also we will have uh, breeding bulls. And also we will meet some cow-calf bears today. So... Folks are in the beef business. That sale will start 
today at 12 noon. And don't forget our Thursday auction tomorrow, 11 o'clock start time, for marketing day tomorrow with Battle and Baby Calves. So, Jill, that's what we have for the folks this morning. Uh, and you enjoy the beautiful weather. And, uh, well, it starts to get uh, things kind of change a little bit tomorrow, though. Ah, a little bit. But you got to remember, we're already into October. I think we're getting kind of spoiled myself. Well, uh, yeah, I guess we have to be thankful. Nice weather. But, you know, reality, we're in Wisconsin. January and February will come. Did I bring that up well anyway? so uh, it, it comes every year. Yes, it does. All right, Jill, you enjoy the day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Absolutely. And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. We're going to look at our markets for one last time. Corn for December is for the, from the Chicago Board of Trade. Corn for December is at 681, down a penny and a half. Oats for December is down two pennies to 401. For November, soybeans, it's at 13.76, down seven and a half cents. Soybean meal for December is at $400 a ton, down eight cents. And wheat for December is at 9.86, down two and a half cents. Country elevator prices, Golden Plump and Arcadia is at 6.27 for their corn. Baldwin, 6.22 and 12.97. Duran, 6.12 and 12.87. Mondovia is 6.17 and 12.87. Elmwood is at 6.22 and 13.02. Fall Creek is at 607 and 1272 with Osseo at 627 and 1302. Elk Mound soybeans have 1295. Sparta's 627 for their corn and 61295 for their soybeans. Ellsworth 602 and 1272 and ethanol plants Boyceville's at 627 and no quote from Stanley or New Richmond and our dairy products barrels are 222 and three quarters up one and three quarters cents. 40 pound blocks are at two dollars. No change from yesterday. Gray double A butters at 321 up three and a quarter cents. And our class three milk for October 2226 up six cents. November we're up 42 cents to 2180. December 2123 up 26 cents. And that market is trending upward to the end of the year, but then it kind of has got a flux and into the new year, it's going to be a little bit different according to what I'm seeing now. And that's what I have for our farm show here on Wax. Our weather today is going to be a high of 70, mild with scattered rain showers possible. Tonight our low is 52, but tomorrow we're not going to get much warmer than that as our high is only supposed to be 54 and windy. Then we're going to have a cool night on Thursday night. And Friday our high is only 48, but Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, that's going to turn around again and we're going to be highs in the 60s again and partly sunny. And boy, do I like seeing that sun. And it is uh, five minutes to six o'clock. It's 50 degrees here in Eau Claire. And that's what I have for you for the farm show. There's a few more chores to finish up. And remember, take care of yourself and take care of each other. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadah. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.